All right, family games. Don't drop the ball. One of the things that, that we want to cover this morning, we want to talk about is not only relationships, but specifically re- what we need to do, what God has to say about raising children, raising our families, okay? And I, I know this kind of is focused on parents, and some people aren't parents, but there's more to it than that. In the church, Hillary Clinton did not coin the, really coin the phrase, it takes a, it takes a village. It takes a village. No one was ever supposed to go through this life in a solitary manner. We were supposed to be together, kind of like a herd, you know? I don't want to call us a herd of cows or anything like that, but we're supposed to be together because the Scripture tells us that everyone in the body of Christ has gifts. So we all bring something to the table something that's profitable for the other people in our community, right? So if you're sitting under the sound of my voice, and even if you aren't, God has a plan in this, for you in this community called a church. That's why, can I meddle just a little bit before I get into this? That's why when people say to you, uh, oh, I don't know, I need to go to church to be a Christian, they're lying, well, the first lie is that they're, they're, they believe it themselves, so they're lying to themselves. We never, ever were, I mean, look at the scriptures. To, to push the church off is to push the bride of Christ away. Okay? I mean, think about that. Think about what Jesus said about the church. In Ephesians, it, it says, speaking of a father, he says, a, a, or a husband should give himself up as Christ gave himself up for the church. Okay? And I, I recognize you can get all kind of metaphysical out there and say, well, you know, okay, I'm a part of the body of Christ. Well, you know, okay, uh, so is this finger, and if I cut it off, what happens to it? For life to flow into every individual member of the body of Christ, it has to have some sort and some form of connection. Pastors and prophets and apostles and teachers and so on and so forth were not just gravy that you could accept or reject. They were a part of the package. God doesn't give us things we don't need. All right. That was before. Again, the people involved when it comes to raising the kids here, raising any of us here, I just kind of made a quick list. Obviously, parents, right? Parents. Grandparents, relatives, extended relatives. How about Sunday school teachers, youth leaders, pastors? And that's just, that's just the beginning. Everybody has a role here. If you're a part of the body of Christ, you know. I remember my children grow, growing up. I don't think we ever had real any, any problems that I was aware of with my kids. They were fairly well, well managed. Valley does such a great job. She's... Just like, mm, 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 mm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'll give away the farm, and she will say, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so there's this, this thing that we have going there. I mean, she knew that. You knew that going into this marriage, right? My mother told you that. <laughs> My father told you, okay. <laughs> so I need her so I don't give away the farm, Okay. But the thing is, uh, if I had seen, say in the context of the body of Christ, if, if, if I had, if my children were out doing some things that, that somebody I trusted, and I said, well, no, I wouldn't have had a problem with, say, Bonnie, Bonnie saying, now, Julie, are you sure, 
Are you sure that you should be doing that? Now, I recognize a real, it, that requires, in order for that to work, it requires a relationship and trust. Okay? And that's what the body of Christ is. So we, we, when we're talking about raising children, we're, we're talking about the growth of anyone. It takes parents, it takes grandparents, it takes uh, the influence of, of teachers, mentors, all kinds of people, and sometimes just somebody that you know and you trust. Does that make sense? Turn with me to Proverbs, the 22nd chapter. This, it's rapid-fire wisdom, and you can just pull this and pull that, and it's, it's like a, almost a new thought almost disconnected with every verse, but it's all good stuff. And it's stuff that we can kind of live by. There's a, there's a, there's a program on that many, of, uh, many people watch. It's called NCIS. I guess it's a, uh, it's many people watch it because it's, I think it's the number one rated show out there. But there's a guy in there, his name is Gibbs, and he's an old retired gunnery sergeant, Marine Corps. And he has all these rules and, and the people who work for him every once in a while look at each other and say, rule number four. So he is, in a sense, guiding them through his, guiding them in perhaps in ways that we wouldn't, but guiding them as they grow in whatever they're doing through standards that he expects them to keep. And we look at the, the book of Proverbs. And these are just good things that if we could read these and understand the wisdom of them, and you might say, I need some rules for my life. What are they? Okay? What are some of the things that I can go? A good name is to be more desired than great wealth. Isn't that important? Yeah? Favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor have a common bond. The Lord's maker of them all. You know? Strip away what the world has given you here, and we all stand on the same rock. Okay? The prudent sees evil and hides himself, but the naive go on and are punished for it. Open our eyes. The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Thorns and snares are in the way of the perverse, and he who guards himself will be far from them. Now here we come to the, uh, just a, a short passage, and I don't want to build too big of a, I guess we can build a pretty big house on this one passage of Scripture. But we won't do, do it entirely with this. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, I recognize that this passage has been used in many ways, but let me throw one dimension in that you may not even know. Uh, uh, when it says train up a child in the way, there are, there's a dimension of the mean, uh, there's a meaning dimension of that particular word that has to do with a, the bend. And you're saying, what are you talking about, Pastor? You know what I, what I mean by the bend? Everyone is different. And each child has a particular bend to them. Do you, are you following me now? I mean, I've got a scientist and an artist. They came out of the same two people. I mean, one's redheaded, one's a blonde. And they're as different as night and day when it comes to the things that they like and the things that they do. Their gifts are different. 
And you know, it was all, it was, it was, it was like in the software. It was preloaded. It was preloaded. Yeah, you added to it, but they were preloaded. Anybody who thinks that children come out, you might say, Tabula Roost, you remember that one? The blank slate theory? Who, who, who put that out? But some, some psychologist says, oh, they come out as blank slate and you can do anything you want to with them. That's not true. And anybody, I, my first thought is, you've, you're not, you're, mister, you're not paying attention or you didn't have kids. Because the truth is, if you have children, you know. That every once in a while, they will display, uh, uh, they, they, they display uh, actions or behaviors that you know that you didn't give them. And you know that no one else was around because they're babies. Where did you get that? It had to come with. You know, if you, all you have to do to believe in original sin is to have a child. And pay attention. It's true, right? I love them. I love these babies. I was downstairs just a little while ago. I peeked in. I needed to, 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 I needed to do some, something down in the basement. And, I, and I, of course, the double door was, the Dutch door was open. There's four little ones downstairs just playing, having a good time. in a very, very safe, clean uh, uh, place called the nursery. What a, what a joy they are. Um, some of them, some of them, uh, some of these children I've seen grow from, I've been here long enough to see them grow from infants to, to uh, they can talk to me now. That's kind of strange to watch that, okay? But, uh, but, but train up a child in the way that he should go. And even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, speaking of that bend... Now, so that, that gives us, I mean, we can take this passage for just face value, but if you take that extra in there, and so talk about the, the actual bend of a child, that means that sometimes you treat each child a little differently. Parents, I mean, children, children don't want to hear that, but parents, you know it's true. You know, this one's kind of hard-headed, so, so you, can, you, know, you can pop them. Because they need that almost to get, get the message through. And other ones you'll, you can look at, and they got it. I remember Connie sitting on the front pew, and I don't know how old she was at the time. And I don't know if she was making noise. And all I had to do was look at her like this and she dropped into tears I didn't have to put my hands on her there are others though you almost have to put them under your, 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 your shoulder and carry them out and deal with them in, in harsher ways every child is different their desires are different their gifts are different and see when God made you you are so unique and as many of us as there are I, I recognize that you and I might be, not be able to get our hand all around how that can be but God has made each and every one of us uniquely and with gifts and a place in this world and in his church okay train up a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he'll not Depart from it. Another passage that I want to use is Ephesians. And we're just going to set this up. I like this one. It says, Children, 
Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, that you may live long on the earth. And I like this next passage too. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the fear and the discipline of the Lord. Dropping the ball. How many of us know that the kids are not kids forever? And boy, does that happen fast. Okay? That really happens fast, doesn't it? So, in other words, is, is it possible to get so busy and say, I'll take care of this later, and later, later, find, you find out later that you missed an opportunity, you missed the window of doing what needed to be done at the time. Hence, when, we, when, when I talk to you about uh, do-overs, wanting to do it over, okay? I think, I think one of my own regrets, and I, you know, I say my own regrets, when my little ones were young, you know, when they were little ones, like, like the ones downstairs and stuff, I spent a whole lot of time at sea. And uh, I wish that I could go back and do both, be at sea and be with them. You know, and I don't know of too many parents that, are, that, that get, get old and reflective like me and begin to, you know, it's like get into the grandfatherly thinking uh, that, so boy, it would be nice to, to go back and visit those times again. And mothers right now who have children in diapers saying, a pox on you, pastor, a pox on you. No. <laughs> Let's get through at least this stage. Let's get through this stage. Okay. How do we not drop the ball? When it comes to, we, we've been, you know, the scripture tells us that children are a gift from God. And you know what? You know, they didn't come out with instructions. It's like, you know, you, you, it's like you, you, most of the time when you open up a box of stuff that you bought from Sam's or Walmart's and stuff like that, you're, you know, you're, there's a plastic envelope that's full of, full of it's sealed, it's got instructions. And when the child comes out, you may be looking for another cellophane envelope that has all the instructions. It's not there. It's not there. It's not there. So you, you, do, you, you do what you can. You know, back in our day, I guess they read Dr. Spock and found out, whoa, this guy's crazy. But, but you know, you do, you do, do the best you can. I mean, you, you read instructions about how to do this, how to do that. And, and, and because, why? Because they were important. You want to do the right thing. You don't want your children to grow up uh, crazy. You don't want them to grow up just off the, off the charts when it comes to their behavior. You want them to, to you might say, give, you want to give them all the freedoms and the possibilities of, of life and, and joy and peace and stuff, uh, but you don't want them to be, you know, just, just off the charts in, in the wrong places. So you're just, you're doing, you're, it's like sailing. You know, you're doing the best you can. You learn here and you learn there. And uh, so how do we not drop the ball? How do we, you might say, strike while the iron's hot and get the most out of it? Well, I, I, I looked in the scripture and, and we, we've got those passages, train up a child in the way that they should go. 
And, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. That's, that's good stuff. I mean, this is one thing I do know, that parents have, no matter what goes on in the world out there, parents still have probably more influence than anybody else. That's good news. It's bad news if you're, if you're, if you're, if, if you're, if you're asleep at the wheel. Okay? But it's good news if you're wanting to do the right thing. Right? Even if they're not responding in the way that you want them to or they need to. Okay? And so I looked at that because God, I looked at the scripture, and the other thing was that, is that I found that God casts himself as a father. So why not? Is there something we can learn in the scriptures? Aside from, okay, recognize that I'm, if, if I train them in the way that they should go, they're going to stay with that, good or bad. Good or bad, right? You train them with lying, they'll learn to be liars. You train them with cruelty, they'll be cruel. God says it's going to happen. You can't plant, you can't plant tomatoes and expect watermelons to grow. You can't plant ugly things and expect good things to produce. Okay? The same is true. You, but you can do this. It says... And this is the promise, and we know this. And this is, this, is, this is a reality that you see not only in Scripture, but in the world around us. Whatever we plant, we reap. Whatever we sow, we reap. So th- this should be some kind of, a, for those of us, or those of you who want to do the right things and are diligent in planting the right things in somebody, You have some hope. You have the promise. You have some hope. Now, understand some of you are thinking, boy, I'm looking at this field and it looks like there's more tares in there than there are. And there's, there's, there's wheat. Okay? God knows how to take the tares out. There's coming a time. God knows how to take the tares out. See, this is, this is about prayer. It's about doing the right thing on and over and over and over again. Okay? All right. Just a couple of things. Now, if God's the parent, then, and if, if he is kind of, is, is there something we can learn there? Okay? And I think there is. And, and if we look at God as a parent, and we can kind of say, well, what can I learn there? Okay? The first thing is keep on loving. No matter what, keep on loving. Yeah? I've heard of some people who just, you know, they, I don't know if they ever did love. But God keeps on loving, doesn't he? Even when his children are rebellious. Even when his children are rebellious. Even in the midst of having to, you might say, punish or correct. You find that he says things like, he says, uh, he, he, he said, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. Jeremiah 31 says that. Keep on loving an everlasting love. How often do we see him even after? The passages of scripture that come to my mind right now. How often I I would have taken you into my breast and held you as one of my own, but you would not. 
that tells me that there is a love. And even in the face of rebellion, even in the face of, you might say, one's children turning their back and going the wrong way. What lesson do we learn? Keep on loving. Keep on loving. Keep on loving. God keeps on loving us. Never give up. I've got a friend whose son, oh boy, he did. He was just full of stupid. I mean, full of stupid. I mean, used to come here, sit in church, full of stupid though. Wouldn't listen to anybody. You know? Beat up some guy behind love school, took his money with his buddies. Now he's sitting, you know, cooling his heels at, at Mayville. It's exactly where he should be. Talked to his daddy, and he says, we're just going to keep on loving him. <laughs> just going to keep on loving him. He says, I've told him not to do those things. I've told him where he's going to end up. But now he's there. He, we're going to keep on loving him. What's our role? We keep on loving the second thing is hold on, hold the line on the right things. This is a tough one, guys. You hold the line on the right things. When you say hold the line, the kids are kids are going to push the line, aren't they? Yeah. They're going to push the line. But you hold the line on the right things. You know, we've had a problem with that. We've had a problem with that. I mean, you know, it's like, when I say we, community, there's a story about a a high priest named Eli, and it's found in 1 Samuel. Now, by all all, uh, references in Scripture indicates Eli was a solid man. He loved God. He was devout. But he indulged his children. And he didn't hold the line. He had two sons. Two sons who worked also as priests. And I think what, when it says when they offered sacrifices to God rather than taking their authorized share, they took as much as they wanted. Um, they committed uh, fornication with women who were there assigned to serve in the temple. Their conduct with men and people brought the worship of God into disrespect among the people. Eli, who was their father, he was well aware of their sins, but he did not do anything about it. In fact, there's a passage of Scripture that always just, I mean, I I see it and hear it from time to time. It says, he would not restrain their madness. That's an interesting way. Sometimes, parents, we have to restrain the madness of youth. There's no one else there to do it. We have to hold the line on the right things. Kids will want to do what kids want to do. And sometimes people will say, boys will be boys. Have you heard that one before? If you don't put a fence up, who will? If you don't, if you don't lay the line down and say, don't cross this, this is wrong. Who will? What I find is children, here, can I just say this? I find that children who have no rules are very insecure, even though they'll push against them. Those are safety lines for their kids. These, are, these, these 
provide a sense of security for kids. The third thing is don't always give what they want, but always give what they need. Jeremiah 29 says this in verse 11, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. And Isaiah 55 verse 8 and 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Our children sometimes want things that they should not have. I did when I was, was there, and you did too. <laughs> you know? Some people will say to me, some people will say to me, uh, well, and this, they're, 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 they want to sound really liberal, Okay? And I recognize at a certain age this doesn't work, but, but at a, when they're young, they say, well, um, I'm going to let them grow up and decide what they're going to be in terms of their faith. And I know that that, that wouldn't play here in this community, but that sounds, for, for, the, for the, you might say the world out there, they, they, they sound, well, this is, so, this is so enlightened. But they fail to, they fail to remember that at a, certain, at, a, at a certain youthful age, we decide what they're going to eat, don't we? We decide when they're going to eat, don't we? We don't consider that abuse, do we? We decide what time that they will go to sleep at night or go to bed at night. We decide that they do take a bath every day. At a certain, t- at a certain age, they have problems with that, especially little boys. Okay? Uh, we decide uh, that, that they will do this and they will do that. That's our responsibility. And so we recognize that at, at a certain point, that, that we, that's our responsibility. These are important. So I would say the same thing is true. If we decide, okay, you will eat greens, you will eat this, you will eat that, you will go to school. You will go to school. You'll get up and go to school. You'll do this. You'll do that. And uh, what, what slave drivers, right? Oh, that's awful. It's awful. Right, kids? They're not listening to me today. <laughs> but uh, so why not if I know, if God tells me to train them up in the way that they should go? It's not an enlightened thing to let them go off and be a heathen. I want them to know God. I want them to know and have a relationship with the, with the great I am who will purify and strengthen and keep them from sin and keep them from wrong and guide them in the, in the paths that they should go. So you don't always give them what they want, but you always give them what they need. Live sacrificially toward them. I don't think most parents have a problem with that at all. Anybody who has a child and is pro- properly caring for them lives sacrificially. But we see God doing this. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. He gave a sacrifice, great sacrifice. And parents, you know, parents don't normally have a problem with this. But I do see it every once in a while. I do see parents who are so selfish that their kids go without. 
Every once in a while I see that. It's amazing. It's amazing. I remember years ago, and I've told this story before. I was 18. It was, it was on the summer before, my, before I went into the service. I, was, I went down to Florida and was helping build houses and stuff and was, you know, worshiping the sun and all the other stuff down there and, and, and going to the beach and all the things that an 18-year-old would do right out of high school. And, and we had, uh, we, I was living next to this guy and Jimmy, he was a, he was a fine, I liked him. Jimmy lived in, a, in, a, in two kind of like trailers in the back of the lot there. And his kids lived, slept in one, he and his wife slept in the other. Didn't think too much of that. But Jimmy had, he was a sportsman. Boy, he had three and $400 rifles. He had the right fishing gear. If, he, if, he, if, if a guy wanted it, he had it. And, but even, even myself as an 18-year-old, I can look and see that his kids didn't have some of the things that they needed. And he had a lawn care business. When they'd go out and do lawn, he, he rode the mower and his wife pushed the mower. See? And I'm being, I'm, I'm, I'm roughing up Jimmy here. I'm roughing up Jimmy. I'm just, I'm, but, but Jimmy's helping us here. That God has called us to a place of sacrifice. It's, those are the kind of lessons. They're watching all the time. They're, they're, they've got their eyes, their hearts, their ears. Everything's open. They're seeing the kind. I mean, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to be the kind of, the little boys are going to be the kind of fathers that they see their fathers be. The little girls are going to be the kind of mothers that they see their mothers being. The little girls will be attracted to the, the kind of guys that, that their dad is. And so on. You see where I'm going with this. But I want you to know that you have the power within you. Especially because you have the word of God. And you have the Holy Spirit. To help you overcome flesh. And to, and to be able to pull off. You know, I don't want to just give you a bunch of commandments and say do them. That's not the essence of Christianity. That's not the essence of this life. God. By his His by His by his power indwelling you, enabling you to see the right from the wrong, enabling you to walk therein. By his grace. By his grace. Don't withhold appropriate and measured discipline. Proverbs 13, abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor. But it's swept aside by injustice. He who withholds his rod hates his son. But he who loves him disciplines him diligently. Now, folks, I've known of people who are so crazy. They said, well, okay. That means, I mean, so crazy. Now, this is so literal. Now, I'm gonna, how I'm going to, to discipline my, my mind, I've got to go find a rod. What's the Bible say? So, you know, let me get a big rod, Okay. That's not what I'm talking about here. The rod was symbolic for discipline. Discipline, like I said, each child is different. I didn't have to, you know, I, I didn't hardly ever have to spank my children. I didn't have, hardly have to spank them because of the way that my wife had raised them. They were in line and all I had to do was look. 
They knew. But some, of, some, some kids, I think I, I did spank a few times, didn't I? Yeah, I always used my hand. I don't think I ever left a welt. But it was more the, the heart that I wanted. And there are many ways of disciplining. Whether it's a PlayStation 2 or 3. What's the, what's the latest? Is it PlayStation 65 now? Yeah? Sam, help me here. Xbox 360 is the latest, okay? You might have to you know, unplug that baby and, and take it out of the room. or what? I don't know. I don't know. But, don't, but be courageous enough to hold the line and to discipline when it's necessary. It needs, it needs to hurt someplace. Yeah. It's how we learn. It's how we learn to just, you know, impose discipline is, is how children learn to discipline themselves. It starts with an imposed discipline. And all you, what you don't want is a 35-year-old child that, that has no self-discipline. You don't want that. And God doesn't want that either for you. Don't withhold appropriate and measured discipline. When, it's, when I say withhold it, in other words, Eli needed to discipline his boys and he didn't. Always protect. The scripture tells us that God is our refuge. Our refuge. Our refuge, a mighty fortress in a time of need. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's this, this whole thing of, of, of being the parents and being the, the, the people who influence and raise these children. There's got to be, it's, it's not just about a, 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 sharp dead, a sharpened edge. It's also about a glove that surrounds them. It's also about a wing that covers them. It's also about a place of, of refuge and, and repose when, when they're wounded and tired. You, you get it? You get it? It's not just about, a, uh, but about a, a, an iron fist, but a soft hand. There's more to this than just hard, hard-nosed discipline. Always protect. And I think finally, being there. I, I like this psalm. Psalm 34, I, bless, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. <laughs> my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and were radiant in their faces will never be ashamed. The poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. He is our refuge and our strength. Be there. You know, being a, being, you never know when somebody's going to need you. Sometimes it's in times, it, sometimes it's really inconvenient. Yeah, yeah. Anybody with me there? <laughs> Sometimes it's really inconvenient when our children need us. 
and it changes. You know, I've got, you've got some little ones right now. What the, most of the time what they need is a, is, is a kiss on the boo-boo, you know. When they're 30 years old, it's, it's, it's a different kind of need. But you stand there, and you're there. You're there. You don't go away. Home is a place that I guess they, somebody said this, and I don't know if this is not holy writ, this is not biblical, but I like it. Home is a place that you ought to always be able to come home to, come back to. Home is a place where you have a, you have a place at the table. Okay? And parents, and when I say parents, it's not only, let, let me go back to the beginning and say, it wasn't just parents. Parents are primarily involved. Grandparents, Sunday school teachers, pastors, leaders, aunts, uncles, people. You know, when we surround our children with that kind of love and that kind of prayer, that kind of guidance, they'll only fail. In order to fail, they're going to have to crawl over a whole lot of people. <laughs> you have to crawl over a whole lot of people. And let me, before I close, let me say this one thing, because I know some of you, some of you, you've done the best, some of us have done the best we could, and, and for whatever reason, they're out there. They're doing their own thing. I want to bring you back to that picture of the, of the field that has wheat and their tares. And you might say, you're looking at it and say, boy, this, I've done, I've, you know, I've not been perfect. I don't, the cool thing is it doesn't take perfection. Okay? If it did, we, none of us would get it. We'd, we wouldn't get it. We wouldn't get it. Okay? But when we're doing the right things, we're loving, we're protecting, we're applying the right disciplines, we're leading them in God, godly things. They come to a place where they're not responding to that anymore. I want you to know, I'm thinking about the field next to my house. You know, we plowed it up. And, and there's, you never know what's underneath that dirt. I mean, there's rocks and things, but there are seeds there that have been laying fallow for a long time. They've been put there. They were placed there some way, some, somehow. Waiting for the right moment. Waiting for, the, for that measure of sunshine and, and water to hit them at the right time of the year. And they'll blossom, see? Your prayers, the things that you have said, the, the words of God, those times that you have been loving and caring were all seeds that were planted indelibly into the hearts of these young people. And even though you die in this world, your prayers live on. God will forever be faithful. God will forever be faithful. It, it might, the horizon may look dark, but God is God. His word is everlasting. His promises are forever true. And he will never leave us or forsake us. 
Does this make sense to you today? And when you say, let's not drop the ball when it comes to, to doing the right things, don't grow weary in well doing because you don't see things the way that you want them to be. God's still on the throne. And we're not anywhere near the ninth inning. It's not over. It's not over. <laughs> Stay with me. I believe we have some more music. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to, as we, as we pray, as we close our service, I want to open these altars again for parents or grandparents. Yeah. Your children don't have to be in any kind of a, of a difficult place, but you know your job's not done. It may have shifted. It may have trans, trans, it may have moved a little bit because of the age of your children. You're having to interact with them differently, but you're not done. You're not done. You're not done. You might have, you might not be a parent. You might be an uncle or an aunt. But you have a real burden for somebody that we've talked about today. Bring them, bring them as we worship. Bring them to the altar. You may not, they may not be here physically, but bring them. And let's, and let's lay them up before God in faith, believing That it's not over. And that God, will, that God will do exactly what he said he'd do. That he would be faithful. Amen. Thank you for coming. If I were to leave you with one word. As you go out this morning. Never be discouraged. God is faithful. God is faithful. And his word is true. Amen. Go with the Lord. Go in his strength, go in his power, and go in his love. Amen? Amen. God bless you.